It's great to be together with uh, all of the various elements of our church family. In the first service, we had a number of our kids that normally go to Sunday school class during that time, and we had a blast together. And it's fun to have older adults and younger adults and even some kids in here this morning. So I'm going to go through uh, this text this morning, but in a different way than we normally do it. And uh, first of all, I'm going to start out with a softball question. And here's the question. Who do you, who would you think would actually be prone to having the most success in their endeavors? Okay, so the first category is equestrian. It's actually Belmont Stakes, all right? So we've got two options for you here. The one on the left is American Pharaoh, and that is him actually winning the Kentucky Derby. And on the right, we have uh, a farm pony. Okay, so as far as the Belmont Stakes is concerned, how many of you actually would bet on American Feral? Good, good. And how many of you would bet on the farm pony? I saw one hand or two hands want to go up here, but how many of you don't believe in betting, so you're just opposed to everything I just asked? <laughs> okay, that's good. It's going to get a little more complicated now. The, the, uh, the uh, category is NBA playoffs, specifically the Eastern Conference Finals, all right? How many of you are voting for the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James? Okay. How many of you are all in on the Hawks and the Damari Carroll? Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. Glad to hear that you have hope, all right? So, I mean, look at Damari Carroll. There he is getting walked off the court, and, and, and they're way behind in the series already. So, anyway, you kind of get the sense, right? Who do you think has the most chance of being successful? Now, here's the next category. Next category is this a person who has a high impact of life, a person who has uh, a joy of life that's filled with joy, a life that's filled with impact, and a life that's filled with contentment. So, I'm going to actually bring up a couple of volunteers to be able to help us with that. And Andrew and Nate have volunteered themselves. <laughs> they got volunteered and they said yes. So that's good. That's good. So uh, here we go. We have our, our two people and they're going to help us to uh, describe the options that you have in front of you. So Andrew's the first one. And Andrew's actually done really well in life as, as a young person. He, uh, here, here is the book that's filled with all of the things uh, that he needs to do in his life to be successful. And Andrew started a business when he was young, and uh, he's done quite well. Andrew, you want to just put this code on there? Did you tuck in your shirt for this one? Oh, I forgot again. Yeah, you forget. <laughs> when I asked him to do this, he said, well, do I tuck my shirt in for it? And that's the rules, actually. And, and, and Andrew is actually really good at the rules, and he's done well. Do you have any walking around money? Do you have any money in your pocket? Yeah, yeah, you do. Okay, we'll just put that in. Make <laughs> Put it in the sport coat. That way I get it back, actually. That's right. So here he is, and he has done, he has done really well in life. And uh, then we've got Nate. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Nate, what do you got in your arm there? You got, he's got some tats on there, actually. There's a skull with flames out of it. And uh, so, Nate, we'll add to your wardrobe something here. We'll kind of give you a hat. There you go. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly, that's exactly the way you ought to wear that, right? So uh, Andrew's seen all sorts of just kind of early success in his life because there have been standards that he's bought into and they matter to him. And uh, Nate's had uh, some setbacks along the way and he's just kind of trying to make his life work actually right now. And uh, you know, someone actually noticed uh, 
Andrew. Uh, the military noticed Andrew because it was so important for him to abide by a certain set of standards. And so, congratulations, Andrew. Thank you, Mark. It looks like you're on your way to West Point. That's really good. So the military noticed Andrew, and um, somebody else noticed Nate. God noticed Nate. And so, uh, congratulations, Nate. You've just been given, and he accepted the Holy Spirit. So there we've got these two people, and, 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 and one of them is on his way to West Point and probably just a really great career, and the other one, well, we don't know where he's headed, but we do know that he has the Holy Spirit. So here's the question. Which one of those two has the most likely trajectory to a high-impact life? Which one of them? To, on a whose definition, that's right, but just generally in, the, in society, in the world, which one of them has their way to a life that is filled with contentment, a life that is filled with connection with people, a life that's filled with joy, a life that's filled with success, just in any category, just a sense of, I, I am glad for the life that I lived. You know, you would have to say, actually, it would take a lot of faith for you to pick Nate, right? In fact, you'd have to say he would actually have to have a lot of faith to believe that, right? That's why we call it faith. It's actually faith that leads a person to say this person is headed in a direction that both of them would actually want to be headed in if they had a choice. In fact, when I ask you the question, who is most likely to have a high-impact life, you're going to say, Nate, because I'm the pastor and I'm listening, right? But you're probably going to just kind of whisper as you leave here, I really thought number one, but I said number two because he's the pastor, right? I mean, that's kind of the way you would say it is I, I don't really believe it, but I know we're in church. I'm supposed to say it for this person. Now, Paul did something like this, actually. He was asking the congregation that was there, tell me which way would you go with your life? If you could have a person who abided by a set of standards and was really disciplined as they could be in regards to them, and uh, you could have a person who had the Holy Spirit, which would you choose? And actually, a lot of the people, Galatians said, we're going to choose Andrew. And that's why he's talking to them. Because it just, just on the face of it, it seems like here's the direction to be able to go rather than this one. And so Paul said, I want you to just see what that is like. If a person chooses laws, obedience, doing everything right, and another person chooses the Holy, Holy Spirit. You see, that's what he's looking at here. And if you guys could just hang on a little bit, I'm going to keep you up there for a, a little while, a little bit. The first thing that Paul says is, here's the problem with Andrew's choice, is he abides by the law and he's even taking notes right now, Andrew. That's just really impressive. You think you could just take some notes or something like that? Oh. <laughs> you know, but, but here's the problem. If you decide that you're going to be uh, a person who abides by the law, the law just has to keep being added to. So he's got, this, he's got this list of kind of guidelines for his life. 
But the problem is, is there are more lists out there. He hasn't just discovered them yet. Andrew, there's a great big old book over there filled with a set of guidelines for the way you ought to live your life. You want to kind of add that one to what you've got? Yeah, that's good. That's really good. You can't, oh, there, oh there, there's another. There's one right down there, too. There's another. You know, all of these standards of compliance of what you ought to do in regards to behavior at work and behavior in church. So he's just got this stack of stuff here right now that he's going to try to abide by. But the problem with it is, is a little law is never enough. It's like, I'm going to just keep a few of the rules in, in, uh, that the, uh, the traffic officers are concerned about, right? I'm just going to keep a few of them. I'll abide by the speed limit, but those lights turn red, I'm going to just ignore them. But I got a little bit of it. You see, that's just not how it goes. You walk into that pathway, and you have to go all the way. If you decide that your standard in life is going to be, I'm going to keep the rules, you have to keep looking for all of the rules that come up and make sure that you abide by them. It's the problem with it, is a little bit of law is not what you can do. And Paul says it here, so you started with circumcision, that's good, but you know what? You start with circumcision, and you have to keep going and going and going and going, by, abide by them. So you've got two pathways here, and there actually is a decision that has to be made. Either you're going to choose the pathway that Andrew has taken, and it's the law, or you choose the Holy Spirit. You don't get to choose both of them. Because you go down the pathway towards the law, and you lose the Holy Spirit. If you go down the pathway towards the Holy Spirit, you leave behind all of the law and its regulations. You don't get to choose both of them. You pick a path and you go one way or the other. And if you're going towards the law, you're going to have to go all in and it will be a continued process of trying to figure out whether you make it or not. And then Paul says one other thing. You know the righteousness that Andrew is after actually? You know how you can accomplish the righteousness that he's dedicated to? You actually accomplish it through the Holy Spirit. Now, Jews and, and the people of Galatia, this is crazy. How do you accomplish it through the Holy Spirit. But this righteousness to be a person of virtue actually happens through the Holy Spirit. He says it in verse 5. Through the Spirit, we can receive righteousness. And it says there that we wait for the Spirit. So Andrew's out chasing around, trying to find out all of the rules, all of the things that he needs to do and needs to follow in order to be really, really good. Guess what, Nate? You just kind of sit there. No kidding. You just sit there and wait for the Holy Spirit to build into your life. <laughs> you just wait. And it comes, and it comes more and more and more. You don't chase after it. Paul says, we wait for the righteousness that comes from the Holy Spirit. And it leads us down a path, the fruit of the righteousness. And you'll see that actually in the text we're going to get there next week as we look at that in more detail. But for now, just to understand just the magnitude, the significance of making these two choices, or one choice or the other. And then the next thing Paul says is this. Love actually replaces the law as the focus in our life. That's what, that's what happens here. When one chooses to receive the Holy Spirit, the law is replaced by love. Now here's the problem with Andrew's choice is that love can never be the primary characteristic of who he is. You know why? Because Andrew's going to go around all of the people that matter to him and he's going to ask, how am I doing? How am I doing? Am I measuring up? Is this good enough? Am I all right? How am I? Are you sure I'm okay? And you hear every single one of those sentences is about how am I? 
Uh, am I okay? A person who's asking how am I can't ask the question, and how are you? You see, it just doesn't work. It's all about me. Am I measuring up enough? Do I qualify? Am I going to get the merit badges? It's all about me. And Paul says, if it's going to be about law, the question you will always ask first is, how am I doing when the purpose is for it to be about love so that we can ask, and how are you doing? Two totally different pathways. Which one do you want to choose? Now, Here's the problem with that. You say, okay, so I get that, but how do we know that this guy's actually going to behave? I mean, it just sounds like we're giving him all sorts of freedom, and, and I, I think I feel better about, about Andrew with all of this stuff that he's carrying around and he's devoted to. How do I know that this guy is going to be what he ought to be? Right? And that's what he was wrestling with. That's what the Gentiles were wrestling with right here, and the, and the Jews as well. How will we resist the flesh if we just give license based on the presence of the Holy Spirit? Is walking in the Spirit sufficient as an ethic for life? And, and here's where Paul does something really cool in verse 14. He says, okay, now, now, now think about this. Here, here's all the law, and if we reduce the law to one sentence, what would it be? If we reduce all of this down and we said, what is this all about? You've got a summary statement right there, Andrew. Can you just pull that out? And what does it say? Love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. The sum statement of the law is love your neighbor as yourself. When you distill all of this together and you try to abide by it, the goal is that we would love our neighbor as ourselves, as we love ourselves. Now, now look at this. Uh, Nate, would you open your envelope? What does that say? The fruit of the Spirit is love. Spirit is love. You see, the law says that loving our neighbor as ourself is the summation of the law, but the way to get it is through the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. You wait, wait for it, and we receive it as the fruit of the Spirit. So Paul says, do you see how crazy it is that the very thing that the law points us to, it can't accomplish. And it is actually accomplished by us receiving the fruit that comes from the Holy Spirit. By faith and through the Spirit, we receive righteousness and that faith expresses itself through life, through love. The primary and presenting fundamental virtue of what it means to be a Christian. I was talking to a young man just this week, and he said, "You know, I've got this mentor who I'm just trying to. I'm just. I I don't know much about Christianity, but I'm just trying to follow this person. and And this person was making all sorts of decisions in business that were making a lot of money for the business that he was a part of." But the ethics of it, I mean, this guy was talking to you, he knew how bad they were. And he said, but, but you know, he's a Christian. He, he goes to church religiously. He's always quoting Bible verses. And he loves this worship group that Christians all over the United States just think is really great. He's a Christian. 
And I said to him, no, he's not. You can do all of that stuff, but guess what? The fruit of the Spirit is love. And this passion to be able to do whatever it is that is a benefit to other people, that's the core characteristic of Christianity. It's what the Holy Spirit does in our life. And if we reduce it to in church every Sunday, whatever else might be on the list of rules to keep, we miss the essence of what God wanted to be true for us in the first place. So what then does it mean to live a life by faith through the Holy Spirit? Well, Paul describes it here. He says to walk by the Spirit. And to walk by the Spirit allows us to be able to live a life of impact that will never be true in Andrew's life apart from the Holy Spirit. You see, it's the Holy Spirit that allows our life to have the power and significance that we all long for. And so he says, here's what you do. You cultivate your relationship with the Holy Spirit. How does it happen? There are really three parts of it that I think are important for us to understand. The first is to live a life of devotion, to be devoted to God. Initially, it's to receive the envelope or to receive the Holy Spirit. Paul talks about conversion, becoming a Christian in in Ephesians 1 as being sealed by the Holy Spirit. It's a person who acknowledges that their life is wayward apart from, from obeying the Lord, from following the Lord and to surrender to Him. To recognize what Jesus did that just forgave us for all of our sinfulness and the brokenness that it's caused and to be able to say, I'm done living life my way. I want what you can give me in the terms of forgiveness and presence in my life. And that's what I want, to walk by the Spirit because we're indwelled by the Spirit and to live this life of devotion which means that when we get up in the morning and when we take, these time, we take time in our day to just stop and say, Lord, what do you want? What do I need to know? And we read and we study, who are you? What does it mean to follow you? And then we listen to it. And we start our day by saying, God, I'm walking into a really messy meeting this week. What do I need to know? What, need, what do I need to think about? What are the virtues that you'll help me to embody? Whatever it is that's happening next in our life, we walk into it, not with a set of rules, but with the empowerment and guidance of the Holy Spirit, to walk by the Spirit. It's a sense of devotion to be fully consecrated to God. And then the other part of it comes from that, actually, and it's the decisions that we make in our life. And the decisions are made based on the reality that God is alive and he will show up and he will give me what I need. I was talking to another person just a little while ago and they were talking about a business situation and they say, you know, if what, if we follow, if we follow all the principles that I grew up believing I wanted to be true for my life, I would not have a paycheck. And I said to, I said to that person, Walk away. Walk away from it. That core sense of integrity and values that you have, live by those, not by the pragmatism that you think 
there's no way I'll have enough food on the table for my family this week if I don't violate what is core to who I am. I said to him, the only way you'll actually discover that God is alive is if you walk away and you live the way God has called you to live. You walk by the Spirit and you say to yourself, this is incredibly dangerous for me to do it because if God doesn't show up, I don't know what I will do. (laughs) That's exactly where God wants you to be. If God doesn't show up, I won't know what to do. Because when we make those decisions, we actually realize God is real and the Holy Spirit is present. If we keep managing our life our way, we never discover the power of who God is in our life. So we live with devotion and we live making decisions based on the reality that God will show up in our lives and taking risks that we wouldn't take apart from the discovery that God is real. And then the third aspect of it, and we'll get more into this this next week, is to talk about the virtues that God has for us, that we line up and we live by those virtues, that we're not guided by a set of rules to keep, but virtues of love and joy and peace and gentleness. And we just say, what virtues does God want me to live with today? Those are the virtues that are given by the Spirit What does it mean for me to develop love in my life? I mean, welcome the Holy Spirit along in my life in such a way that love spills out of me, not because I'm keeping the rules, but because I'm led by the Spirit. To just look for those things. So here's what I want to ask you to do. I want you to pick one thing this week that will model what Paul said, to walk by the Spirit. This week, What is one way you will choose to walk by the Spirit? You will choose to embody a life that's about a relationship with the living God rather than a set of rules that the rest of the world thinks is the trajectory towards success. And Paul says to those Galatians, and to you and to me, don't pick that one. Don't do it. This is where the joy is found. This is what will transform and impact your life. Thanks, guys. Appreciate all of the ways that you helped with this. For the record, I wasn't throwing Andrew under the bus. Thank you, Andrew. Just really appreciate our young people and the ways that they're deciding I mean, it's tough, isn't it? But over and over again to say, I'm going to live my life betting on Jesus and that he wants that for all of us as well. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you give us an opportunity to be able to live and have a life of impact, not based on what our history has been, whether success or brokenness, but based on your Holy Spirit at work in our lives. God, help us to know what it means to live that life this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.